Presented by MostMetro.com and produced at Brian's Dining Room Table, a podcast by two guys who love life in Dayton, Ohio. The Brian and Brian podcast starts now. I'm a This is Brian, and this is Brian. Get it together, Suddit. Come on. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. We've made it to, what, seven now. You should you should be on board. I'll tell you, we're going to get this right sooner or later, so hey, thanks for tuning in today. Hey, we appreciate you listening to us on hopefully what is going to be a warmer day. Did, did I just say tune in? Yes, you did. Is that like, like typing like, a TV like, show? Like, like we're some radio show. <laughs> you found us on the dial. Hey guys, that's so. Hey, thanks for pressing play on your uh, on the favorite podcast app that you use. Please share the radio station with your friends on the Citizens Band, and we will uh, we will give you a shout out to everybody we find out. Every trucker we hear <laughs> mention they're listening to the Brian and Brian radio program. 2018 could be the year that we go to CB Radio. On the, on the Apple iTunes. You know, retro's in. <laughs> I mean, you've got letterpress coming back. You've got old school cocktails coming back. You've got, you know, comfort food like macaroni and cheese and, and simple things like that that have been a big trend for a while. I mean, simple is it. Simple is it. I, I just got an ad for custom hand-sewn blue jeans. One of a kind. Amish country. I was no, I didn't click the link. They were two hundred eighty-five dollars a pair, well, so that they clearly they're not Amish country. Targeted the wrong person. How would they that find one. out? How would they, how would they know? How would, how would they get the? <laughs> the Amish start running ads. <laughs> That's when you know digital has made it. <laughs> Absolutely. Got an ad words for a hand churn butter. You know, somebody... This is going off the rail fast. People have talked that the future of marketing in Ohio is who gets to build the websites and social media for the marijuana industry first. I say forget that. I said we go Amish country. It's gems, jellies, and butters. Those websites. We are the middleman. Oh, my God. Yes, that's that's exactly what we need to do. We go to the Amish, say, we're going to sell your stuff on the web. They say, we can't touch it. I'm your guy. But... We know you've got some digital media chops. Right. Set up those ad words. Forget marijuana, butter and jelly. That's where we're going. Pot is so 1960s. Just, is it coming back? You just said everything retro is coming back. That's true. That's true. That's, except now everything that's old is new, but we learned it through an app on our phone. Yes. Yes, we see a lot. Of, although I saw that a lot of people are leaving the state of Ohio to go west. Apparently, that is a trend. Really? As well. I want to go somewhere right now, too, because it's five degrees. Well, with the west is not where you're going to avoid that, like Colorado. That's At least true. the pot there can keep you warm. Does, is that a side effect? I don't know. I've never no. <laughs> indulged. I don't have the waistline bandwidth to indulge. I know. So, <clears throat> so people are... This is pot talk. We're this... This is what happens when we don't have an outline for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pot is coming to Ohio to some places because some places are banning it all together. It's it's it, they're going to go back and forth on it, and then the places that don't have it are going to see, oh well, this is this is something that's going to make some money, and this is something that's going to bring in tax revenue. It's not the dangerous thing that we were we were led to believe it was going to be in reefer madness. I mean, it's 
the more science that comes out behind marijuana and the effects that it has on people, I think the more people are going to accept it. I have it on good, uh, good information that marijuana is already here. What? I made a purchase last night, not of marijuana, of some um, items for my rec room. Hopefully the Dayton police are not listening to this. I made some purchases for my rec room off of a Facebook Marketplace ad. And when my teenage son and I arrived at the given address, Mm -hmm. the marijuana was there before us. And it was... uh, Potent. It was potent. It was present. It was present, uh, and we bought our goods and quickly. So you bought would you, like glassware? Is that uh, what you? I'm not going to talk about it. It was billiards cues and a cue rack for Got those who it. care about my Facebook Marketplace purchases. Um, but there, yeah, it's already here. I think people are, are functioning around it, but it, like you said, it's going to take a while before employers oh, come around to how to deal with it. Well, I mean, it's just like showing up to work drunk. I mean, I couldn't go back to where I were. Right hammered off my mind and and right. or you know even drive there uh hammered out of my mind i, I mean there are consequences for that and yeah. i think people people are like oh we're going to make pot legal so you're just going to be able to get blazed and go into your job and no no you're not employers are still to going to be able to say you are not welcome here yeah. they can still do drug testing they still have the right to dictate who is allowed yeah. to work in their space yeah yeah, I think it's probably going to be a. Uh, it's going to be you know it's going to make money, lawyers, mm-hmm. and uh, and marketing agencies, and um, that's 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 just the way it's going to be. And it would be nice if when they legalize the marijuana here in Ohio, that they let out all the people that are on in jail on minor offenses for possession or maybe low level sales or things like that. Let's just talk about that in connection to the state budget. How much money we could just immediately fix? Well, not just money, but uh, the jail space that we could yeah we could re- free up and uh, yeah. um, no more private contractors, no more new jails, which open up spaces for violent offenders for, who for, should be there. Yeah, people who really need to be in jail, not the people who, because yeah. somebody in the 1970s was paranoid of the hippies, made marijuana a on the same level as LSD. I think we can agree that the hippies did more damage with that music than they ever did with the marijuana. The hippies did so much damage, just to just in general. Fashion, music. I don't think the music is as bad. I, I do question the fashion choices. I'm guessing that when you're high, tie dye looks a lot better. Right. But I I don't know. So when so all things that come back. That's how we started this conversation. Uh, when will you be in bell bottoms? Never. Ever, ever. What, what about Look, just because it comes back into fashion doesn't mean people should be wearing it. Should be doing it. I mean, are you, if when it comes back into fashion, are you going to wear some pegged pants or Zeke Avericis? Well, I'll tell you what. On that thought, I have been investigating a skinny leg khaki to go with my new Vans, which look just like the Vans I wore in 1987. Should I not laugh? No, you, well, <laughs> thankfully for you, uh, the, the khaki industry does not tailor to a 42-inch waist, the 29-inch length. So a skinny khaki is not going to happen on this guy. It could happen. You never know. I'm trusting Old Navy to protect the masses. I'm, I'm get, I get the feeling, though, as soon as you are seen in a skinny jean khaki, 
that train is done. Done. I could close the books on it. Immediately. I know. Like, I just... But I see the shoes, and my loose-fit khakis don't look right on my new Vans. And I figure there's got to be a solution, and it's probably a peg-leg jean. Do we we really need the 80s to come back? Can we have George Michael at his heyday back? Maybe. I would take Wham. If we're negotiating what we bring back from the 80s and what, what stays... Okay. Uh, all my grandmother's Jello desserts stay. Right. Wham, we get to keep. Seems like a fair trade. I think so. I mean, early '80s George Michael was the pinnacle. It was good stuff. He no, he had a lot of he had a lot of ups and downs in the early '80s. Maybe well, I was too young to know about the downs. Maybe the downs didn't come till the '90s. It could have been. Could have been. See, the '90s ruined a oh, lot of good well. stuff. Look, let's not let's not get too harsh on the '90s. Most of my favorite music is from the '90s, not the '80s. I think I learned more about music in the 90s. I'm not sure it was necessarily 90s music. I think there's a maturation that happened. Yeah, when when I was a, a younger gentleman, um, I listened to whatever my parents listened to, so it was a lot of 50s and 60s. Okay. So I really didn't start listening to music, and the first 80s stuff I really heard was Duran Duran and Culture Club. Heck, yeah, Duran Duran. Duran Duran was good stuff. And some, the Culture Club. Some Def Leppard. Okay. For me, it was Phil Collins and Genesis. That was my first foray into pop music in like in 1983, 84. My gag reflex is very sensitive to Phil Collins. Really? Yes. Do not like. Some of the time, I'll tell this story, but the time I substitute, substitute taught a seventh grade music class uh, in, in Palm Bay, Florida. It's a long story, not for the microphone today, but it includes Phil Collins. Wow. Tarzan movie. Tarzan. Same time. The Disney animated flick. He did the soundtrack. Interesting. I had no idea. All at the same time, yeah. Well, that's because you're not a... I'm not a Phil Collins fan. you're not a Phil Collins fan. So. For reasons. Okay. I can respect that. I can respect that. Okay, so what else from the 80s would you keep? Not much. Let's chase this I'm not. I'm not. I'm not an 80s person. I really... There's not much from the 80s that I'm like, I really need to have this in my life. Yeah. Um, I don't know, neon shirts? Yeah. I thought, I thought <clears> that, <throat> now I do think that the, um, those thermal shirts that kind of change right. color, I thought those were pretty neat, but I hear they had a very limited shelf life. Yeah, I never had and one. And you weren't allowed to dry it. I never had one either. You know what I miss from the 80s? Mock turtlenecks. Z Cavarici and Quicksilver owned the market. I look very dapper in a mock turtleneck. No, still, nothing from the 80s. I'm like, we've got to get this back. I feel like, I I don't know. I, I think, I maybe it's nostalgia. Maybe it, because it comes with a good memory. Yeah, I mean, that definitely helps. We've talked about that nostalgia before. Yeah. I mean, nostalgia, nostalgia absolutely helps with something. Because, I mean, there are just some things that... I enjoy knowing full well that it's not the greatest thing on earth, but there is a nostalgic memory attached to it. Um, at, at like late night, like late night television. I don't mean Johnny Carson, Dave Letterman. I mean like after that, like with the bad oh, yeah. movies, with the skits between them. Yeah. Up in Cleveland, we had Big Chuck and Little John doing that, where okay. it would be like not quite MST3K, but it, that that level of movie like right. C on a good night a B movie and then they okay. do the funny skits between each yeah, one yeah. those kind of things I thought were neat but oh Saturday morning cartoons 
That was the one more. thing. I know they're not. That's why from the 80s, I'd bring those you back. You keep that. Because remember, the sponsors for those things was like cornflakes and Lucky Charms. Mm-hmm. That's your sponsor, Saturday morning cartoons. You can't go to good. You can't find Tom and Jerry. You got to go to some YouTube archive. No, I think there's still quite a bit of Tom and Jerry out there. On TV? Maybe not on TV. Okay. But who does TV anymore anyway? I know. I mean, cable is definitely... If cable's not heading out the door in the next couple years, it can definitely see the exit. Because, I mean, you can get... Like, I know in our household, we got rid of cable, and we really haven't missed anything because... You know, we've got PlayStation View, which we only had because we already had a PlayStation. Yeah. I mean, you can get a Roku, you can get a Sling, you can get something else to kind of get your basic channels. And then a lot of TVs now, I can get Netflix, I can get Hulu, I can mm-hmm. get HBO Go, I can get Cinemax. I can get whatever bits and pieces I need to be able to cobble together what I would normally watch. Yeah. And for a lot less price than oh, yeah. cable TV. I've been trying to explain it to my mother and her to cut, cut the cord. And uh, she has some of her favorites, and we're trying to find the best way to get her those favorites. Um, you know, we said this conversation in my house with my kids. We haven't had cable. They're 17 and 15. They haven't had cable in five years, probably, in their life. They grew up smart TV, internet TV, <clears throat> tablets. When they say they're watching TV, that does not mean a console anymore. That means phone, tablet, laptop. Right. It doesn't, yeah. It's the whole idea of that word means something different now than it did 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and but we still don't know how to measure it because Nielsen ratings are still a thing. Yeah. And there's no reason to measure Nielsen's because it's not like, oh, my show is on at 8 o'clock, so I'm going to sit down at 8 o'clock and I'm going to watch my show. I'm going to DVR it. I'm going to watch it on the computer while I'm watching something yeah. else or I'm going to watch it on my tablet while I'm somewhere else. I mean, I for a while, I would get the NHL package and watch hockey games, you know, if I was bartending, it would just be up on the back and I would listen to it. So, you know, TV isn't something you actually need to sit down in front of anymore. Right. Plus, are, are we really watching that much TV? No. I think we're more selective. Where I think before you would sit down, the American family would sit down at 8 o'clock and watch two hours of ABC, where now... I would opt not to do that. I, I think I would watch a 40-minute uh, of, of Netflix show that would have taken an hour on traditional TV, and I probably would have watched – I may watch one episode of a of a sitcom and not have to have weathered that other horrible sitcom that followed the good sitcom on network TV. So, well, and you can also binge, yes. as the kids apparently say. You can also binge where it's like I don't have to wait from week to week. Now, there's still a few like – um, the Grand Tour, which yeah. if you're a car person, you know what the Grand Tour is. It's the, the old hosts from Top Gear, their new Amazon show. They release that week to week, which is mm-hmm. rare. It's kind of unique because most of the times when a show comes out on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, it's it's everything. I think The Handmaiden's Tale also came out on a week to week basis. And there is something still interesting to that where right. – <clears throat> Like, I could just wake up in the morning and decide, I'm going to watch an entire season of Orange is the New Black, and then just go straight through. Whereas, I think there is something to be said about leaving a little bit of room for the imagination and the speculation of what's going to happen next week, as opposed to, 
uh, I don't have anything to do the rest of the day, and then just letting the next one go. That's especially something because in the past we've chosen shows that already had we and my family four or five seasons in the can, so we could watch almost all of it at our pace. Mm-hmm. But we recently started watching Designated Survivor. Okay. A mediocre network television show starring Kiefer Sutherland. Got it. That's an, that's all you need to know. All right. He plays uh, this above reproach. Super likable, middle of the road uh, guy who's the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been the secretary of, of some unnamed cabinet position. Everybody dies. He's last man standing, becomes president. We watched the first season back to back. That was uh, easy to find on, on Netflix, I think, or Hulu. Then the second season, we had to do a little. Second season almost just finished in real life. So we had to find a new channel to find it online. We found it. But we just finished it, and no new episodes until February. Not what do you do? Well, we were. You have to we wait just, a month. We stood there, sat there last night, and staring at the TV. What do we do now? But we're excited to know like what happened, right? And it's going to really bring us back to to the third season. But it is a strange feeling because the other shows we've watched that are multiple seasons, we've been able to watch pretty much. At our own pace, not had to wait. It's like some '80s program. It's ridiculous. There. How do you wait? We're Americans, by God, we don't wait. No kidding. A friend of I mine, Amazon he, Prime, bring that to me. Well, and a friend of mine, he did this a while ago with comic books, where comic books, like they do a story arc, and then a little while later, they compact it all into a a graphic novel, which then mm. basically you have all the comics. So you don't have to keep track of them in your yeah. collection. And you can just sit down and read it as a thing. Which, um, for those of you who are comic nerds, I'm pretty sure they're going to redo the Infinity Gauntlet, the original one, as a special graphic novel sometime in the near future in the run-up to uh, the Infinity War. But, you know, he would do that, and that's it's kind of the same thing, where it's like instead of... You know, going month to month or week to week and watching the entire season and having to be there and sitting through it and waiting, you're just like, I'm going to wait a little longer and just get it all at the same time, put it on my shelf, and yeah. it's right there for me all the time. It's, it's, it is interesting to think, like, how far we've changed. Like, I just bought a paperback uh, last oh, week. Wait, what's that? A book. For, for, the young kill, for the young kids that are listening. I went to a store. Okay. And perused the shelves. All right. And pulled a bound book off the shelf by one of my favorite authors and this book is a compilation of his sh- of short stories mm-hmm. and uh the history is that when he started writing uh, 40 years ago now he would just publish one a month in the local newspaper the des moines register and they would run one of his stories and uh, but that's the way it was like if you followed a short story writer you got you got one a month maybe you saw him uh, in the atlantic monthly you saw him in your local newspaper uh, maybe he was in uh, a magazine he subscribed to Reader's Digest, perhaps. But for me, all I had to do was just go buy the paperback, had them all right there for me. And and I think we've come to expect that. If if, if an author is producing short stories, they will hold them until they publish the whole volume. And I think we've really kind of missed that that pace of life where everything we want it immediately and want it now. Well, I mean, think of the think of the uh, podcast serial. It was a yes. huge hit. Yes. Both both seasons, and then S Town is out there, which I still haven't listened to. Oh, fantastic! If, if you're not listening to us, listen to S Town. Yes, um, I'll take his word on it because I mean the first two were fantastic. Yeah. 
but that also came out. But those serials are a throwback to 20s and yeah. 30s when you know that's what they would do. They would tell a story over, over time. an extended period of time. Like, and this is this is super nerdy. Um, kryptonite mm-hmm. from Superman was originally invented for the Superman serials on the radio because the actor was going out of town. Right, and so. They needed someone to cover, so all they had Superman do for like two weeks of the the show was moan because of of kryptonite. Anybody could have done that. And so Bud Collier came back, refreshed and rested from his vacation, and all of a sudden now kryptonite is part of Superman's mythos. But, you know, you don't necessarily get those things anymore especially when it's like an entire binge you've already got it planned so there's nothing spontaneous that could happen there's nothing that oh well we've got to take into account this so now what are we going to do yeah yeah i just saw an example of this the kentucky center for investigative journalism just did a piece <clears throat> that just come out right before christmas this will be a five-part series they're going to release one at a time and it came with a, an accompanying audio podcast but the written word was each piece must have been three or four thousand words. It was really, really interesting, in-depth journalism where they've been working on this story for, for I think, eight or nine months. Into this this crooked uh, politician nicknamed the Pope, and uh, they had built all five pieces out. And this guy, after being confronted with the first two episodes and the backlash, he was an elected uh, Republican state representative in in the Commonwealth. Um, once he was exposed, he he kills himself. I remember that story. And so then immediately, the Kentucky CIR, Center for Investigative Journalism, CIJ, Responsive Journalism, I don't know, I can't remember the initials, we'll put it in the show notes, they dropped the last three. They're like, look, so you know, what we wanted was justice. What we wanted was the story to be told, how this man had conned people for decades. And then they had those last three just to to drop, three, four, five. Um, but I was, I was in after the first... Piece, even that long piece, nobody reads 3,000 word pieces anymore. I was ready for the second one, had to wait. The second one came, and then they dropped three, four, five after the suicide. I think I'm remembering this correctly, and I've read it all now. It's a fascinating bit of journalism and a fascinating story of a guy who's just a, just a con man, just just a, the worst, the worst. And um, But they had to kind of do that. Like They had it kind of built out, and they weren't prepared for what he did. In the middle of that drop, and they were able to still put those three pieces out uh, with sort of a sort of a footnote, like uh, you know, we we wanted the story to be told, and it still needs to be told in spite of this man's choice to, to, to kill himself. So, yeah. Besides this town, I would say get a hold of that piece about the Pope's long con. I think is what it's called. So it'll be a yeah, great movie someday, and on Netflix maybe yeah. you binge it. Um, I think that's something that I'd like to see a little bit more of is is that kind of long. Like you said, a lot of people don't read 3,000 word mm-hmm. essays. Most of the things that I write tend to be 1,000 to 2,000 words long. And it's, it's interesting because I have seen research that says both. That like 1,500 to 1,700 is a sweet spot. That's where you're going to get the most reading, the most engagement, mm-hmm. the most clicks. But there's also people that are like, I just want like 500 words. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of one, and now I'm kind of wondering as we're talking about trends and and what well, we started anyway. Um, 
as like Facebook and Twitter allow for longer character counts and longer things to be written and more people write longer things, our blog's going to get pushed out longer because it's going to go, well, what's the difference between this and a Facebook post? I'll tell you, I, I thought Medium would change that once Ev and the Twitter team put together this long-form uh, writing platform that is that is Medium. I, I think that, that a, a good writer can communicate what he needs to or she needs to in 500 words. I think a mediocre writer can also put out 500 words. A mediocre writer cannot hold the audience for 2,000 words. And I think the long form, A, it takes a better writer, and it takes a committed reader. Mm-hmm. And the readers don't commit unless the writing's just top notch. Right. So I, I know when I write stories for the stage, I'm at 1,000 words, but I'm also limited usually by time commitment. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I move beyond 1,000, it's harder work because it takes a, a better quality of writing that I don't do day in and day out. Where somebody like you, where your your sweet spot is two thousand words, I've read your stuff. It's it's in depth. It's complete. It's compelling. It carries you uh, from the first paragraph to the final recipe. It's a skill set you have mm-hmm. that I don't have yet, and it takes a lot more work for me to to hold a reader for two thousand words. And it's funny because it takes a lot more work for me to write like a short piece because I want to put everything in. I yeah. want to talk about here is this thing and here's the history of this thing and here's what you can do with it and here's all these amazing pieces and parts and in the soil or you know this is the digital thing and I, to break that down into 500 words it's is tough. is difficult yeah editing down is hard yes yeah the pieces i'm working on now are about a thousand words and another 2000 words and narrowing it down and and leaving off the the the, the rabbit chasing and focusing on 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 the target of the piece is tough to edit that stuff down because I think like you know we're talking about cereal and we're talking about the Pope of Kentucky thing you've got a lot of time to explore those rabbit holes you can go off or like if you have a long season you could go off on a tangent with a different character and tell this really interesting story that you wouldn't be able to tell if you okay instead of you know 10 episodes at an hour each we're only going to do 5 episodes well their story that's going to be cut out of there. Something is going to suffer. So sometimes it, it makes it a less compelling. That's the beauty of this town. I think those rabbit trails that, that, that the, the producers take really just sort of give color to the community around the central character. And it's it's named S-Town, but really this the, the, the folks that pieces of one man in that town. But the rabbit trails and the side stories really develop the community, the, the, the color of that community. Um, and it's a yeah, fascinating story, and um, they're, they're experts what they do. I, it was not the ending I wanted. It was not the ending I expected. It's not the ending I would have written, but it was it was a, a brilliantly told story, and maybe I need to go back and listen to it again. I, and sometimes it's the thing. It's like I think you get a good story where that's you know that's not the ending that you wanted, or that's not the ending you were hoping for, but that's sort of how real life happens every now right. and then. Sometimes the bad guys <clears throat> win, or sometimes it doesn't the, the good guys don't win that's but i think that's compelling storytelling though if you knew at the very beginning the rising action that this is not going to go the way you want it to go then you're, you're not in and so for them to carry you along to an ending that maybe you didn't want or desire 
excellent storytelling. I, I just watched a Tarantino film. I'm not a Tarantino fan at all because his endings always aggravate me. Um, and he did it again. Like I, I, he had me hook, line, and sinker for almost three hours. Loving the movie and the complexity of the characters and the storyline and the development. The visuals aren't my style. But then the end came and I'm like, what? What movie? That's it? Hateful Eight. I've been told that by a few people. It's like I got hit in the face with a two by four, but I love the movie. Like it was so. Sometimes it's about the journey because I mean, really, that's an example. Going going back to the Infinity Infinity War, most if you've read any Marvel, you know what's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's it's going to be the journey. It's going to be how they get to that ending, not necessarily ending, because you know how it's going to end. Right. Um. You know, like with Star Wars, you know how that trilogy is going to end, or you think you do. Think you do. I thought um, I did. I, I heard that this last Star Wars movie was a bit of a curveball. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, when you think you know how it's going to end, I think that loses something. And then when it ends in a completely different way, you know, some people embrace it like, oh, well, that was really interesting. Now I want to see it again. And some people are like, well, that ruins. This thing and this thing and this thing and they get all salty. About Remember how in Harry Potter the last movie was in two parts? Yeah. And they took that last book and made it in two movies. And people knew that. So when you saw the first movie, eight point one or whatever they called it, you knew eight point two was coming. Star Wars fans should take a note from the teenagers who love Harry Potter. Because what we just saw was not episode eight. It was episode eight point one. And it's incomplete without the next film. Right. And but we'd come to love a nice bow at the end of the first seven episodes. And so when that didn't happen here, people greeted it not well. Well, and you if you know you have more time to tell the story, you have that ability. Like the first Star Wars, they had no idea what was gonna happen. Yeah. So they finished it with a nice bow because that could have been the only one that was ever gonna be made. Nineteen seventy seven could have been it. And it wasn't. Right. But now, as a as a Star Wars fan, or just a movie fan in general, you know that these big sci-fi heritage Franchise. franchises, yeah. they're, they, they're going to go for a few. Yes. You know, there's going to be another uh, Avengers. There's going to be another Star Wars. There's going to be another part in this tale. So sometimes you have to wait, even though the ending may not be the way you wanted it. I would say that the younger the viewer, the higher satisfaction of the Star Wars movie that just came out. The older the viewer, lower the satisfaction. Probably because of that very thing. Because of the expectation. Expectation. Like, well, and the other thing is, like, what did it come out two years ago? The first one? Yeah. yeah. Episode seven? Right. Uh, you could tell I'm a huge Star Wars, Star Wars guy. Yeah, seven was two years ago. The side movie was last year. <laughs> Episode eight. This Star Wars year. has a side movie. Well, now? It has a side movie. It was not in the trilogy. It's just another standalone. That's another. Film. How do you not know how Rogue One ends? Right. Anyway, um, side note. But you know, you you know, there's going to be that third movie. There's no there's no guesswork. Right. That they're not going to, and they can do it. They can end it however they want with the knowledge. Oh, that was what I was we're going before. Um, like all these fanboys over and, and women, fanboys and girls, fan people, fan people. Um, damn it! Over the last two years, they had all these theories based on oh, here's this yeah 
here's this way this person blinked, so that means this is going to happen, and so-and-so's lightsaber is red, and Han Solo died in this way, but he fell to the right, which means something. And yes, I'm making fun of you. But, you know, all these theories, and then for somebody to just go as far away, mm -hmm. like uh, Ray's parents. Right. Like, I didn't, I read a lot. Spoiler. Just fast forward through the next 20, 30 seconds. You know, they don't necessarily name her parents in this, yeah. which everyone's like, how could you not do that? And it's like, well, there's a third movie, and maybe her parents were nobodies. Right. Because before Anakin, Darth Vader's parents were kind of nobodies. Yeah. Well, technically, there's only one because he did. Jesus. Right. I think just the ending of this movie alone. Is a, is a nod to the younger generation. They tee it up for the next movie. You see the next Jedi. So we know that, that Rey and, and, and uh, Luke are not the, the last two. Uh, they queued it up perfectly. As, as, as these franchise movies do, they left the door wide open so you could see the next movie. Mm -hmm. And um, But that's it's still masterful storytelling, in my opinion, because people, even if this is the first movie they saw... A lady cut my hair the other day. She'd never seen a Star Wars movie before. Saw Star Wars 8. Drove to Indy to see it in IMAX. She's already waiting for the next movie. She doesn't know how the story ends. And to me, that's... Maybe I don't like the method, but at the end, it's a compelling story, and people want want the conclusion. I'm such a fan. I didn't even see Rogue One until it was on Netflix. That's... We could call that a frugal monetary decision. Fan. You know what? You could call it whatever you will, but it just it was my level of... Eh, yeah. I think we're going to go see this one in the theaters, though. We were just waiting for all the, the hype to die yeah. down and the, the masses to Well, it's awkward there. when a non-fan guy like you bumps into a guy like me in my lace-up boots and robes and my saber. And I we, we, we like it when you show up after we've put our costumes away for the year. No, it's not even that. I don't mind the, the nerdery and the cosplay and things like that. I've been to enough gaming conventions and some comic conventions that the cosplay isn't the issue. It's just that... You're right from the standpoint of there's a certain beauty in just all the fans sitting there, and you all are just super excited to see it. We all gasp at the same time. You don't you don't need non fan to be sitting there, kind of like boring. Yes. Is this supposed to be quiet right now? Yes. Shh. That was a favorite movie. The whole this, movie. It, this is why we can't have nice things. That's right. Well, we've we've squandered uh, thirty five minutes of their time, and we did not talk about digital trends at all. Yeah, we we this when we came into this, it was <laughs> going to be about digital trends and what's going on. So that might be next week. Um, this week, you just got a a nice wandering ramble of things right, that right. are happening. Look, I will tell you this though: look for the liner notes, uh, liner notes, footnotes, story notes, storyline. Story notes. Uh, look for the notes for some of these links, to these articles that we're talking about, and these these podcasts. And also, uh, we'd be remiss uh, in our absence of talking about digital trends. Urge you to check out NewMediaDayton.com uh, on Friday, uh, the 12th of January. Uh, that group is meeting, and Rick Cartwright, uh, who uh, one of the foremost experts in digital trends here in Dayton, will be presenting uh, on, on things that are happening in the world of digital devices. Um, he just came back from the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, two weeks ago, and he's got a lot to share about what we can see uh, regarding digital devices and, and uh, home electronics. Uh, and, and if you're into that sort of thing, 
Uh, we'll refill you today on that topic. New media date, and we'll have all you need to know on January the 12th. You know who else will be, we'll be there? Who's that? Dayton Most Metro. Dayton Most Bam! Metro. Just dropped it in Finally. there. Finally. It took a minute, but... <clears throat> it, we got so, all the way to the end. We need to say thank you to our sponsor, Dayton Most Metro, because otherwise we'll get in trouble. So take a visit at mostmetro.com for things to do this weekend. Uh, where are you going to eat out this weekend? That's a great question. I haven't even thought about it yet. I'm headed to Tai 9. I'm not even ashamed. Be there Saturday night. Look for me. There's no reason to be ashamed of time that. But it's cold enough now to, to do the ice skating. I think we mentioned that yeah. previously. I, you know what? I, I, there's nothing right now that I'm gung ho to go. I understand. See, I'm working on uh, some barbecue news in the coming weeks. I'll share that with you guys. And uh, but I look for me downtown tomorrow night and look for Brian ice skating. He'll be the guy uh, the in the one, hockey sweater the tie. The idiot out there skating. Because it's still three degrees out. Come Perfect. On, come on, guys. It's not that cold. All right. All right. Thanks for thanks for uh, giving us uh, 35 minutes of your time. Thank you. Have a great day. This is Brian. And this is Brian. And have a lovely day.